What's going on, everyone? You're listening to episode 11 of MN Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Mark Morales alongside Nick Rivera, and today we're going to do we're going to talk about the NBA free agency frenzy. There was tons Whoa. of teams that moved around. There was a ton, tons of top tier free agents that moved around and jumped from different teams. So, are you ready for this, Nick? Let's break this down. Let's break it down, Chief. So, we'll only stick to like the top tier free agents. Otherwise, we could be on there forever. Um, no bozos allowed. Yeah, yeah. So, before we get into the the five Ks, let's kind of just go over. The two borderline tier one, probably closer to tier two free agents in Jimmy Butler and then Tobias Harris. So Jimmy Butler ended up signing a max contract and a sign and trade deal with the Miami Heat, which, to be honest with you, was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't, I like, I mean, I guess like you're playing in Miami, but other than that, why though? (laughs) Yeah, no, and it was such a last minute thing too, because... Um, you know, I, I personally thought that he was either going to stay in um, Philly or go to L.A. or the Clippers. I, I had no idea that, like, Miami was even a thought in his head until, like, a day before he signed. Apparently, he told Miami <laughs> that I'm going to sign with you if you have the money. And I, that took me – I was kind of shocked at that. The best part was you saw the that picture going around. It was like an interview with, like, a magazine <laughs> – and it was like I'll never wear a Miami Heat jersey. Yeah, that 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 was hysterical. I, I, that had to have been like a high school, um, like a high school yearbook or something. And the best part is he's wearing a Miami Heat. What a, what a legend! I don't understand. Yeah, like he, I thought he was like not ring chasing, but I thought he wanted to compete. And now I guess he's going to compete for that eighth seed. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the Heat. I mean they're not a great team, but they're also not a bad team. But for those of you who don't know what we're talking about with uh, Jimmy Butler, um, I, I guess it was some type of high school yearbook or something. But a question was asked, and it was under his picture. It was like, name something that you would never wear. And he said, a Miami Heat jersey. So I, like you said, it was just funny. And it's now all these years later, he is uh, he's wearing a Heat jersey. So the Heat were actually 10th in the East last year at 39 and 43. So it is kind of a shock that he would go from a team like Philly, who was the third seed with 51 wins, that potentially could have probably won the, the championship uh, if it wasn't for a, a lucky bounce on Kawhi's part. But he's going from a 51-win team all the way to a 39-43-win and 43 win team now. Um, part of the deal is also to trade Hassan Whiteside to the Portland Trailblazers. And I don't know if you saw this, and when I when I saw this video, it was like I was like, wow, Hassan Whiteside's really throwing some shade at the at the Miami Heat. So, oh, I didn't see this. I'm hyped to hear this. Yeah, he uh, posted a video of him, like, in, it must have been in his car or something, but he was, like, smiling, laughing, and he was, like, all giddy, and he was saying, like, I finally have some shooters. We fi- I finally have a shooter or some shooters. And I was like, wow, he's really throwing a lot of shade at the Miami Heat because, obviously, now he's going to go play with two, arguably, of the top ten shooters in the NBA today in um, – Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but I was like, wow, you're really you're really doing that to the Miami Heat that, that signed you to that massive contract? Uh, I don't know why he's getting all big and strong, Mr. Uh, Eddie Curry Jr. over here. Useless yeah. on offense and useless on defense. Just a straight bum after he got that contract. Yeah, I mean, his only advantage is that he's tall, but he doesn't really utilize his height. But maybe a change of scenery will help him uh, ignite some juices in him. 
Some juices. What kind of juices? Some competitive juices. Competitive juices. I want to... What do those taste like? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm curious. But... So Jimmy Butler goes to the Heat. It was shocking on my part. Um, like I, I, like the night before he signed, that's when the news kind of broke that he was really interested in Miami. So I, I was a little taken back by that. But you know what? Good for good for Jimmy Butler. You know, I, I was never a big Jimmy Butler fan. I personally didn't want him on the Knicks, but I was never a big Jimmy Butler fan. He caused a lot of problems in in uh, Minnesota. He was I, I don't know if he caused no, you're being the same amount of problems in Philly. Oh, but no. you know, no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm just saying. Good for Jimmy for not, not chasing the rings, not going to run and form super teams. Good for him to go into a team that he can call his own. You know, he was on the when he was on the Bulls, he was behind Derrick Rose's shadow. When he went to to Minnesota, it really wasn't his team because Carl Anthony Towns has been there and he was the franchise player. And then he gets traded to the 76ers, and again, that's not really his team because he's playing in the shadows of um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two of the franchise players. So good for Jimmy. Instead of going to team up with superstars, he goes to a team that he can call his own, that he he now becomes the face of that franchise. James Butler. I can't wait to see him uh, win win 30 games at the Heat. I'm hyped. And now that since we're talking about Philly a little bit, that brings us to what the what the 76ers did in signing Tobias Harris to a max contract. And not only did they sign Tobias Harris to a max contract, they also gave Al Horford I think it was like a four-year deal, hundred and nine or hundred and eight million dollar contract. Ew. Now, I know. Um, <laughs> I all along I knew the 76ers weren't going to let Butler and Harris both go, but to give Tobias Harris a max contract, like oof, and the fact that they gave Al Horford that massive deal, like in the short term, Al Horford's going to pay off for them because he's a solid vet. The offense ran, ran through him for the most part in Boston. He's he's a He's good on defense, and he's he's above average on offense. So, I mean, in the short term, I could see that deal really working out. But in the long term, like in year three and four, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I don't see that contract really working out for them. I just don't understand. If you're going to pick Jimmy or Tobias, I mean, Tobias, I guess, is more versatile. But I'd rather have Jimmy Butler. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know how much Jimmy Butler really considered resigning with Philly. You know? I guess. But, yeah, that is true. I wouldn't want to play in Philly either. But two, why they have um Embiid at the five? Why are they signing Horford? Who's playing four? I don't understand. I think Horford's going to be the power forward, and Joel Embiid will be the second. That's, that's my thought process Ew. behind it. And then you have uh, Tobias Harris play the three. I love it. And I they lost JJ Redick too. I love JJ Redick went to the Pelicans. Oh my God! Did he really? I didn't see that. Yeah, Jeez. I think it was like a one or two year deal. That's incredible. In the era of getting faster, smaller, more agile shooters, they're going to have two centers in their starting lineup. That's incredible. <laughs> well, we'll see how it works out for them, though. <laughs> and I don't know if you also saw, but Ben Simmons also got offered a $170 million max contract. Now, I don't know if he accepted it yet, but for a guy who's hit as many NBA threes as I have, I don't know, man. $170 million for a guy who can't shoot. Like, I get it. He's a great player. He's a, he's clearly one of the top, I would say, top 15 players in the league right now, and he's very, very young. But for a guy that could pretty much do everything but shoot, the most important thing in basketball, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's a great contract because you lock him up young now, and you, you'll have him forever pretty much. But he needs to really step up his game. If I'm paying a guy $170 million, he's got to be able to shoot the ball. 
I'm sorry. I can't believe they gave 170 million Alonso Ball. That's crazy. That blows Alonso Ball. Oh, he can't shoot. <laughs> they gave 170 million to Alonso Ball. Yeah, you're trolling him, but you liked him, Lonzo. But I do like um, Lonzo, but he ain't no 170 million. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see what happens with Philly. I think they're going to be a very good team. They were 51 and 31 last year. I think they have the chance to be even better, especially if Simmons can improve his shooting just a little bit. Maybe instead of shooting no shooting zero percent from three for the season, maybe if he could knock that up to maybe like 20 percent, I could see them being being better, especially with the acquisition of Al Horford. Now Tobias Harris will be getting more looks. And personally, I personally don't believe Tobias Harris was worth the max contract. But nonetheless, he was a solid player for them. He was very, very, very good on the Clippers before he was traded to the Sixers. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Philly. Now, you know, Al Horford, well, we were talking about him, how he just signed that contract with Philly. Let's talk about his own, his old team now in the Boston Celtics. Now, the Celtics really made one ginormous move and then one, I would say, a one average move. So the one average move is that they signed former Knicks center Ennis Cantor mm-hmm. to a two-year deal, I believe. And we all know what Cantor could do if you're a New York fan we all, or a Portland fan, rather, too, since he was, he was traded to Portland last year. We all know what his game is. Yeah. He's strictly just offense, offensive boards and offensive um, putbacks and an offensive game. That's all he does. That's all he brings no to the defense. table. He plays no defense. Exactly plays no defense, and uh, that's really what might hurt the Boston Celtics this year, especially without Al Horford, who was really their defensive anchor. But um, they went out, they, they scored on a big-time free agent in Kemba Walker. Um, he signed to a max deal with Boston, and I personally believe that Kemba Walker is going to get the most out of those young guys and Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown. I personally believe that I know that their defense might not be as good because of Kemba's size and the fact that Ennis Cantor doesn't play defense. But they also signed undrafted – well, I don't know if they signed it, but they have um, the undrafted rookie Taco Fall out at UCF who was was very, very good um, defensively, especially in college this past year. But um, regardless, I think Kemba is going to help improve the Celtics. Now, the Celtics are 49-33. and I'm curious to see what your thoughts are, Nick, because I personally believe that Kemba is going to do better than Kyrie did for the Boston Celtics, regardless of their defense. Well, first, I just want to put this whole narrative for the past, it seems like, decade that Danny Ainge is this uh, mastermind, this genius. He's building this championship contender for the next 300 years. And what happens? They lose Al Horford and Kyrie <laughs> in free yeah. agency. They haven't gone to the finals. Oh, this is just incredible. And they basically signed bootleg Kyrie. I love it. They signed. I, I know. They signed Kyrie, but just with less handle. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like they're going to be the exact. I mean, I guess you could say that, like the the fit, or not even the fit, the the mental aspect and the, the teammate aspect and all that. But they're literally. I think Kemba and Kyrie are like the same player. That's just me. But so I yeah. I, I think they're um, going to pretty much perform the same and they lost Horford so I actually think they're going to be worse yeah I can see your point I think they're definitely going to be worse defensively but we'll see what happens with Taco Fall if he's able to play at all and and see what his impact could be on the defensive end um but I personally believe Kemba's better than Kyrie especially from a leadership standpoint Mm -hmm. and I think that's really I, I think that's really where 
he's going to thrive in Boston. And that's why I think the young guys are actually going to improve. Like Jason Tatum took a tremendous step back last year. Dalen Brown took a tremendous step back last year. Why was that? Because in the year before, they were able to play more freely. Obviously, Gordon Hayward wasn't there because he was hurt. And Kyrie was hurt for a, a large part of last season, especially he was out for the entire playoff run. And they did better without Kyrie in the playoffs than they did with Kyrie. Now, you want to say, oh, well, Gordon Hayward played in year two, blah, blah, blah. I think Gordon Hayward's going to do better in year two than he did in, in year oh, one. Oh, that bum. Um, since coming back from the injury. That bum. Because look at, look at Paul George. He came back. He had an MVP caliber season this year. And this was his best season of basketball in his entire career. So I'm not writing off Gordon Hayward just yet. But strictly talking about Kemba, I think Kemba's leadership is really going to help um, this young Celtics team. I think that's what's going to help them make them thrive. And don't be surprised um, if uh, Kemba Walker is able to get um, the, the best that we've seen of Jason Tatum so far and the best that we have seen Jalen Brown. I truly believe that Kemba's going to help improve those players tremendously this year. I don't know, man. All the, I think all of them hit their ceilings a little bit, just a little bit. Like, everyone was writing Jason Tatum as this uh, future MVP for years to come, and he just turned into a, a quack. So, I don't know. Jalen Brown, well, I thought, was been... always going to be a bootleg Andrew Wiggins. And Gordon Hayward, I was never a fan of him from the jump. He was the number one option on the worst offensive team in the league, and they signed him to this gigantic contract. I was like, hmm, I don't know about all that. And <laughs> here they are. Yeah. I, I agree with you that maybe we've seen the best of Jalen Brown, per se, because he's played in more years. But right, I believe we're going into year three with Jason Tatum. We have definitely have not hit his ceiling yet. And I think the reason why him and Jalen Brown took that step back last year because was because of Kyrie and all that drama that he brought with him. But we'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong or vice versa. But either, either way, right. for me personally, I, I, I feel like Kemba is going gonna, is gonna to really thrive in Boston. I feel like he's going to finally get to the – be able to show the world what he can do instead of playing in, in a, on a team in a city that never got any coverage because of how bad they were in the location that they were. But we'll see. I think Kevin's going to work uh, do wonders for this young Celtics team. I know. They might get out of the second round this time. <laughs> I guess we um, And now the second of the, of the five Ks. This one was the most logical or the most predicted outcome with Clay Thompson re-signing with Golden State for the max deal. Um, obviously, he's going to be out for a good part of next year because he tore his ACL in the final game in game six of the NBA Finals. Um, I have really not much to say about this. I thought this was going to happen regardless. Um, personally, if, if if Golden State offered him anything less than the max, I could have seen Klay Thompson being disrespected and, and offended and kind of leave or, or at least fetch other offers. But I think this was this was going to happen, especially with KD pretty much on his way out towards the end of last year. I thought there was absolutely no way that Golden State loses KD and Klay Thompson, especially that the Splash Brothers were there way before KD was and how close that the Splash Brothers are and their families and all that. Yeah, I was after I saw him tear that leg, I was like, oh, there's no there's no shot he's leaving. Before the injury, I thought there was like a very, very slight chance, just a tiny bit that it could have happened. But after he, he tore his ACL, I was like, yeah, no shot. That's Golden State all the way. And he actually did sign. So I guess we'll see if he comes back to his normal self. ACL is not that bad. Usually you're able to come back from that, but everyone's different and hopefully he's, he's good. 
Yeah, and I mean, the big part of his game is shooting too. So I could see him just coming back and just being just as dominant as he was before. If he was more of an aggressive to the basket, like don't get me wrong, he's, he can drive, he can dunk and all that. He can run the floor, but he's primarily just a spot-up three-point shooter and all that. So um, I, I think he'll, he'll be fine coming back from injury. Um, now let's get to the, to the one that has yet to sign before we head into – you know, KD and Kyrie, because that's been the big talk of the NBA. So Kawhi Leonard. Now, as of today, um, for those of you, we're, we've recorded this on uh, Thursday. No, excuse me, Wednesday, July 3rd. So at this point in time, Kawhi Leonard has yet to pick a team. And, you know, for the longest time, it was talked about that he was p- picking between three teams, the Lakers, the Clippers, or re-signing with Toronto. And I've been saying forever even before the finals ended, that Kawhi Leonard would be a fool to leave Toronto, right? Because, you know, they won the championship in year one. The The East is so weak, all this, this, and this, right? Now, though, the Lakers acquire Anthony Davis. And I, I still believe that Kawhi Leonard is going to end up re-signing with Toronto. But I would love to see him sign with the Lakers. I would love it. What are your thoughts? I think... Hmm. I think the AD tra- uh, trade kind of changed everything. I think after that happened, Kawhi's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see him re-sign with Toronto. But I think the fact that he won in year one, I think that that has that plays a factor in his mind. But I think he realizes, and this is what I think as well, that the team, I feel like they can't do that twice. Like Fred Van Vliet was going off. Siakam is Siakam really the truth? Can Kyle Lowry do that consistently? That's the first time he showed up in the playoffs. At one yeah, point during the playoffs, a zero game, a zero point yeah, game, the very first game. So I feel like he's thinking about it. Like, hmm, can this team do that again? <laughs> he's a god out there right now. The whole country loves him. He, yeah. The crazy part is, I was. <laughs> I was in New York and I was walking around and there was these uh, this family. They had all Toronto gear on. Some had Raptors, some had Blue Jays. They were just hanging out. And we were at a hot dog stand. Yeah, I was getting my dirty water dog. And they were <laughs> the only thing they were talking about was uh, was Kawhi. They were like, "Is Kawhi gonna announce anything yet?" But it was just. They were just talking about it for like it was like a five minute conversation where they were just nonstop talking about Kawhi. I said, "Dang, he is really their savior out there." Yes, man. <laughs> he's really going to shatter the hopes and dreams of a whole nation <laughs> if he doesn't resign. Think but about it. What I was think. Last... What were you saying? I said I just think he's going to sign with LA. He just likes the drama. <laughs> like what I was going to say is like think about it. When was the last time a Canadian team won a championship for like? one of the major American sports. Like, what was the last team? Has the Blue Jays ever won anything? Has a Canadian team ever won? Like, there's the Expos, there's the Vancouver. I mean, the NHL, that's different. I mean, yeah, because that's like a Canadian sport, really. Um, I don't know, man. Um, there's, let's see, Montreal Expos, baseball-wise, there's Toronto Blue Jays, there's Toronto Raptors, Vancouver Grizzlies. I think that's – I think I'm maxed the, out right The Blue Jays there. won the World Series in 1993. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
They did and before win that, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup in 93. So they both won in 93. So that was the last time a Canadian team has won. You know, and I'm pretty sure that was the first one as well for, for both. Um, for Canada, those both of those were the, were the first two, and they were both in the same seasons. Nah, get out of here. That was not the first Canadian Stanley Cup. You're bugging me. Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, you, I'm, I, you <laughs> might be right. But You're I, big bugging. There's the Oilers in Edmonton. Yeah. Not yeah, your first right. one. You're bugging out this guy right now. Well, 93, regardless, was the last time that they won a championship out in Canada. Um but he's looked at as a god out there, man. And I don't know. I, I, I personally can see him leaving, especially because, you know, going to play with two of the other top five players in the league. If he goes to L.A., man, L.A. is beating every single team out there. I don't care who their role players are. You have three of the top five players in the NBA right now. One of them is arguably the best player in basketball history. And if not, the top two in NBA history. Kawhi Leonard, if he continues to play at this level, he'll be in that conversation at one point as well, but I think the 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 fact that he can go play with those two guys is going to attract him to L.A., and if I'm telling you right now, I don't care who's on the Brooklyn Nets, I don't care what other team matches up or, or any other teammates, um, excuse me, any other superstars team up, no one is beating that Lakers team. Yeah, LeBron is rubbing his hands right now. He's loving this. Yeah, said, I personally hope that one. that happens. I know. He was like, I'll take my one year of being goofy, and then now is my time to shine. (laughs) Yeah, and what's unfortunate is that I personally believe that uh, LeBron James is the best player that we've ever seen in basketball, but he'll never get that validation because of the fact he only has three championships and and that poor record in the the finals, and Jordan is 6-0 with six rings in the finals. So I'm really, really rooting for Kawhi. For Kawhi to go to LA just for the fact that I want LeBron to get to seven rings and I because I, I feel like the only way he's going to get validation is if he beats Michael Jordan in rings but you know there's going to be those guys that oh well, LeBron had a team up with different players um Michael Jordan's undefeated in the finals there'll always be other reasons why LeBron won't be considered the best player in basketball but until he gets to seven rings or at least six rings people won't seriously be considering it so um, deep down, I, I'm rooting. I'm really hoping that Kawhi goes goes to the Lakers. But uh, like, I, I'm gonna stick to what I've been saying. He'd be a fool to leave Toronto, man. He's he's looked at up as he's looked at as a legend out there in uh, in Canada. The whole country loves him, and he'll never get that same love in LA, especially when there's other superstars in LA, and especially the fact that their history. You saw how how the Lakers reacted when um, LeBron went there. Everyone was still loving Kobe. And Kobe hasn't played in years. And LeBron is is arguably better than Kobe as a better overall player. So I I think Kawhi will never get the same love that he's getting from Toronto right now. (laughs) I just want him to win a championship and leave. That would be hilarious. (laughs) He's like, all right, I'll see you guys later. And if he does win a championship and and a finals MVP, I think he'd, he'd join like a list of just, I think he'd be the first player in NBA history to win three finals MVPs with three different teams. And right now, I think he's, with the two that he has, I think he's tied with LeBron and I believe Kareem, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, as the only two players with two finals MVPs with two different teams. So he could potentially be the first one to do it. Now, obviously, if he's playing on a team like LeBron, we all know LeBron is most likely going to win the finals MVP, depending on how the other players play. But... Um, but yeah, so I, deep down, I think Kawhi is returning to Toronto, but I'd love for him to go to LA. Um, 
you know, and that, now that brings us to our final two, two Ks. We have KD and Kyrie, who both teamed up and both went to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, before I go, what's, give, me, give me your initial thoughts. What, what did you think? Because we're both Knicks fans. Now, now, I've been saying forever that it'll be disappointing if we don't get KD, but it's not the end of the world. So I'll, I'll let you go first. I mean, I just don't get it from their perspective. Like, yeah, you're playing in New York, but you're playing on the second-rate team. Like, if you're going to go to New York, do it big. Like, and I don't get the whole narrative, oh, the Nets were a better team. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but they pushed themselves to the limits. Like, the Knicks could have been within, I think at least, maybe 10 wins of that team. But they were, like, <laughs> low-key trying to tank for Zion, and that didn't work out, but whatever. But, like, one's tanking and one's trying their hardest. I mean, of course, one is going to be, quote-unquote, the better team. But, I mean, as soon as you add Kyrie and uh, KD, it kind of changes the whole aspect of their of their chemistry and their game. And you got rid of DeAndre Russell, who's probably the reason they were so good. So that, that just blew my mind. Like, if I was the Nets, I would have brought in just KD and re-signed D'Angelo. I think that would have been 10 times better for for them. But, I mean, now they joined the Nets. I, I don't know. Even <laughs> I saw this thing on the Twitter. It was, uh, I, it was some dude who goes, I'm just going to leave this there. And it's a screenshot of two Instagrams. The first Instagram page was the Brooklyn Nets. It had 1.2 million followers. And RJ Barrett, <laughs> he had 1.2 million followers. <laughs> like, if you're going to go to New York, like, uh, why the Brook? You went to the New Jersey Nets. They're not the Brooklyn Nets. So I don't care. You went yeah. to the New Jersey Nets. Like, what are you doing? That's like, like, all right, let's team up. We're gonna go to the Kings. Like, what do you? What? Huh? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. If you're gonna join up and go to a team, I don't know. I just don't understand. And then they yeah. signed. What's it? Called? Then they signed DeAndre Jordan. I'm like, why do you yeah, want no, that, that dude? Like, what? No, I get it. He's friends with he's friends with KD and whatnot, but for four years at forty million, all guaranteed. Like, good luck in the last two years when that's when that's when they're actually supposed to compete. So exactly, like, what are you doing? Like, you you want to have a third guy like to hold it down? Do you see DeAndre Jordan in the finals? Like, wrecking job? I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, especially two two to three to four years from now when he's a lot older, but. You know, my stance has always been the same. You know, I deep down, I wanted KD. I never wanted Kyrie. I didn't want Kyrie from the get-go because of all the drama. You know, he told Boston season ticket holders in the beginning of the season, like, I want to have my jersey retired here. I'd love to re-sign long-term if you'd love to have me. And then come January, February, they ask him the same questions. He goes, ask me again in July. So clearly the dude was leaving, and he knew about it all along. The fact that he, he said what he said in January, that goes to show you that his head wasn't in it. He didn't want to be there. And that's why I said, like, earlier, I think that's why he really held back Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, because he was playing for himself instead of playing for the team, Kyrie Irving. But um, I wanted Kemba and KD, but that was unrealistic. That was never going to happen. And KD alone, as much as I tried to believe it, you know, now looking back, that was never going to happen, KD coming by himself. And kudos to the Nets for pulling it off. You know, as a Knicks fan, I'm going to say it. The Knicks have to hold the L right now. They have to hold the L. But... Um, KD and Kyrie were always going to be a package deal. You weren't going to get just KD. You weren't going to get just Kyrie. You were going to get them as a package deal, and that was never changing. Um, but now looking at it long term, 
And, you know, people might be saying, oh, well, now you're just saying this because he went to the Nets, not the Knicks. And if he went to the Knicks, he wouldn't be saying this. You know, you know, you got to look at it at a, at a perspective as an NBA fan. Right. It's great for Brooklyn. You know, good for them. They got two superstars, blah, blah, blah. But we but first of all, they're both injury risks. You know, Kyrie's knees are, are one injury away from being out for a long period of time. KD is coming off the worst injury in basketball that you could possibly get. Um, who even knows how KD is going to come back? Now, people are saying that, well, if he comes back 80%, he'll still be better than 90% of the league. I understand that. But we don't know how KD is going to come back. There's only been one player in NBA history that was able to not only play at the same level, but be even a little bit better than prior to getting that Achilles injury. And that was Dominique Wilkins. You know, everybody else was never the same after this injury. Um, but, you know... So KD's not going to be not going to play at all next year. And, and I I was talking to an uh, someone who's a Nets fan. He's a big. T- he has insiders with the Nets. He he writes for the Nets. All this and that. Um, and apparently, you know, not, not, I'm not hearing this just from him, but other but on Twitter too. Apparently, a lot of people think that KD is going to come back before the playoffs even start. And, you know, I can't see that happening. Um, and let's just say he does come back before the 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 playoffs start next year. Um, we don't know how he's going to be. He might not even be good at all. Look at Gordon Hayward. When his leg snapped in half, he was nowhere near the same player. For the entire season, he played all year this year, this past year, and he wasn't the same player. Now, my thought process is, regardless if he comes back for the playoffs next year or not, you're not realist, real, um, real, um, you're not really trying to compete for the title until year two of this deal, correct? Was that? You're not the Brooklyn Nets aren't truly trying to compete for the title until year two of this of these four year deals with the three players that they have in KD, Kyrie, and, and, and uh, DeAndre and Jordan. They could try. I don't see them winning any titles. Yeah. No, they'll definitely try to compete, but with just Kyrie, we'll see how he performs because we don't know. Uh, I mean, all we know right now is that he's not a good leader. And when he was by himself in Boston, they failed. And when he was by himself in Cleveland, he failed. So, and he didn't stay healthy. So we'll see what happens, how we could carry this Brooklyn Nets team. And they're completely different. They're not going to have that same energy that they had last year. You know, the bench loved each other. They were jumping. They were dancing. You know, it's different. It, playing basketball, especially in New York, is different when you're playing to have fun as opposed to playing with real expectations. And now we'll see how these players, these young players in Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, we'll see how these players play now when the expectations are championship when or nothing you know what i mean like it's a lot different uh, you play differently when you're when you're expected to win instead of playing with house money like how the nets played last year but going back to my point they're not expected to perform to really compete until year two of this deal you don't even know if kd is going to be ready to play let's just say he doesn't play at all next year or he does and he's not himself how do we know that it's not going to take him a whole nother year a whole full year of basketball to really get his feet uh, back under him? so hypothetically speaking you signed all these guys to these four-year deals to max money for the exception of DeAndre Jordan. And, and Katie and Kyrie took a little bit less than the max so DeAndre Jordan could get his $40 million. But nonetheless, you still sign these three players to a buttload of money. And realistically, you might only be competing in the last two years of those deals when they're, when they're both older, when all three of them are, are, are a lot older. So was it really worth it? Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Knicks fan, but, you know, and of course, you know, if the Knicks signed KD and especially KD, all the media would be bashing them. Oh, he's damaged goods. Why would you sign him? He's hurt. Typical Knicks are just going for the quick rebuild, right? But but either way, you don't win. They make fun of the Knicks because they didn't get him. But if they did get him, they still make fun of him. But but I'm curious to see what you think about that, Nick. 
the fact that they're really not going to be competing until years three and four of the deals when they're all significantly older. I mean, and they, they're already pretty much, they're not really locked up with money, but their, their big three is Kyrie can be on one leg and DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I don't see it. I don't see it happening, but I mean, I guess they could make a run, but I feel like in two to three years from now, when everyone's good to go, I feel like everyone's going to be better in the East and in the West. Everyone's going to, exactly. they're going to be older. I just like, yeah, it's fantastic right now. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's it's good and bad. Like, I mean, if you're the Nets, like good for you because you're the Nets who would have thought you would have signed anybody. But I mean, good for them. But I mean, if they think they're winning like a chip, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Even yeah. if they join the and Knicks, you know, and even if say KD didn't get hurt, even if he joined the Knicks healthy with Kyrie, I still don't think they would have made significant like crazy noise. I don't know. I think it takes a little more than just straight two stars. I think you need not even two stars. Just the fact that it's KD and Kyrie, I just don't think they're gonna work. That's just me. Yeah. They're two both ball-dominant players, especially Kyrie. And, you know, I was uh, – someone brought up a good point today. I forgot which show I was watching. But, you know, KD had problems with Russell Westbrook, correct, when they played together, right? And everybody blamed Russell Westbrook. But then he goes to Golden State, and now he's having problems with DeAndre – with, uh, excuse me, with Draymond Green. And when the, when the uh, Thunder brought in Paul George, who's pretty much the same thing, the same position, the same play style as Kevin Durant, Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook are having a great time. They love each other. There's no beef over there. So maybe it wasn't Russell Westbrook that was causing the problems. Maybe it was KD because the problems followed him to Golden State with uh, Draymond Green. And we all know how Kyrie is. He's a, he's a head case. He's a cancer to the locker room. He's not a good leader. And he's ball dominant. So we'll see what happens, how they, how they play together. Um, now, I want to ask you this real quick. Would it be a failure for the Brooklyn Nets if they do not win a championship with this group? Yeah, and I don't think they will, but that's I don't, everyone's going to say I'm just salty because I'm with the Knicks. But even if they joined the, the Knicks, I don't think they would have won a chip. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And then when I brought this up to my Nets friend, he was saying, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't see how that's a failure. And he was bringing up points how you're going to generate a lot of revenue. You're going to bring in more fans, more money. You're going to help. Um, you know, the Nets name now is going to be big. You know, it's going to attract future free agents because of, um, you know, years from now, that'll be the history of the Brooklyn Nets, how they were able to bring in these two players. But I'm looking at them like, dude, you brought these guys in to win a championship. If you just brought these guys in, if, if your thought process is, oh, well, if we don't win a championship, at least we'll help build up the brand name and all this and that, then you should have kept the core you had in D'Angelo Russell. They were doing just fine. And how, what's to say they wouldn't improve again next year? So if your goal is just to help build up the Nets brand, then you should have kept D'Angelo Russell and, and not get these free these big-time free agents. But the moment you bring KD and Kyrie into the mix, you know, it's championship or bust, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll never understand why teams, they make their own stars and then get rid of them for used stars. I don't understand. Like yeah. D'Angelo, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he was drafted by the Lakers, but he got traded and he made his name with the Nets. And it say he stayed his career there. No one even would have remembered that he played for the Lakers. And everyone would have just thought of him as a net. And I, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, he's your guy. 
He basically kind of plays the same or similar to Kyrie. He's younger. He's cheaper. But, no, let's get rid of him and bring in some U-star that has a history of problems slash injury. Let's do that. No, and I agree 100%. You know, D'Angelo Russell was a, was a rising star, man. He's an all-star. He helped change that franchise, and you just dumped him off for a guy who, you know, might not – might not might have reached his his, his his ceiling in Kyrie Irving. We, we might not see any better now in Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? Like, we have yet to see the best of D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is 23 – as opposed to 27-year-old Kyrie Irving. So, I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. I, if, if, I, I would have rather have kept D'Angelo Russell. And as a Knicks fan, I would, I would have wanted D'Angelo Russell, if the, if especially, um, obviously, we know the Nets didn't keep him. But at the time, if the Nets didn't keep him and we're going to go after Kyrie, I would have loved to have D'Angelo Russell on my team. But um, they, they, they ultimately ended up going for, going for it all, man. They went for Kyrie and KD. They got them again. Kudos to them. The Knicks have to hold the L. But it's not the end of the world for the New York Knicks. And we'll talk about that more on our next episode. Ooh, but, um, yeah, man. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to end it with this, man. If the Nets don't win a championship in the, within the next four years, this was a complete failure. And I don't care what anybody says. It's a failure. But if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, I don't care which team – Kyrie and KD would have went to. No one is beating the Lakers with Ky- with um, LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, and with Kawhi Leonard. It's a wrap for the next uh, three to four years in the NBA if Kawhi goes to LA. 